Yo! Welcome back. Axis Podcast. Here with the Chief Cam. What to do, guys? And me, the Captain. We're your hosts. And uh, yeah, we're going back to uh, mid-2000s. We're going to look at some stuff. And I'm not going to lie. Initially, when Cam picked Vengeance 2006, I couldn't remember much of what happened in 2006. All I remembered was I hate 2006. That's all I remembered. I'll be honest with you. I remember like three things from 2006. One, RVD beat John Cena at one night stand in that match where everyone turned on Cena. That was fucking great. That Even, was great. And I'm a Cena and I'm a Cena guy and I thought that was fucking great. Two, they kept raping Eddie Guerrero's corpse with this Rey Mysterio bullshit, but we'll get to that later. That that's not rape. That's just overusing. They this we'll get we'll, they did terrible. Stop jagging his name through the mud. <laughs> hey, they, it they, makes me mad. They honest, did do honestly, terrible things. Honestly, it makes me mad. You got me, Eddie. You got me. And you know what? That's Stronger. how I felt this whole pay-per-view. Because at first, I thought it was going to be bad. And then, there was some hope. But we'll get into the hope. We'll get into the hype. Axis Podcast. Oh, I'm going to make a Twitter for us. And then, um, I'm going to pull up his stuff on SoundCloud. So... Ooh. We're going to release the first two or three episodes at the same time. You probably have not gotten the first or second one. Who knows? I don't know where everybody's at. Nobody's really going to listen to this thing anyway. There's a million podcasts out there. And I've listened to at least a thousand. That's true. So, Vengeance 2006 from Charlotte, North Carolina. This takes place in June. So, it's June 25th. I thought Vengeance was September for some reason. You're thinking of Unforgiven, the other one I could have chosen. I, dude, I don't know. They keep moving his stuff around, you know? That's that's more recently. Back in the day, pay-per-views kind of had a set schedule of when what was happening because of the brand extension and stuff. <laughs> oh, I remember the third thing I remember about 2006. Three words. DX merch run. Okay. That happened, what, three times, I guess? That. 98 is, is the 2006 and 2009. Well, the 98 one kind of doesn't count because, you know, that was still continuing from the first one. And that wasn't completely a merch run. That was more of a whole anti. Why am I defending DX? This holy, is a merch run. Holy crap. They had their merch run, too, during what was the 25th year anniversary of Raw. And like, um, yeah, but 2018 they had these DX Army shirts or some bullshit like that. They had, well, they have three merch runs. They have the 2006 one, the one we were going to look at. The one in 2007 when Triple H comes back after he tears his quad again. And then they had another one in 2009 when they had to fight uh, Randy Orton's boys. I Oh, yeah. A legacy. Remember? Because we watched Breaking Point. Breaking Point. <laughs> oh, man. We're not reviewing that. Ooh, Don't they, worry. Oh, that chicken audience has some nice tits. All right, so check this out. <laughs> the year 2006. Again, I think overall it's a bad year. What's your opinion just on the year itself, 2006? It's a bad year. I can only remember three things about it. That's right. So let's go over some things that happened in 2006 before we get started. Gladly. I'm not very nostalgic for it, but Miami Heat with Shaq and D-Wade won the NBA title. Oh, that's nice. High School Musical came out in January. That's also surprisingly nice. Uh, I've never seen it, but I love Vanessa Hutchins. She is amazing. Uh, NASA launched uh, NASA launched its New Horizon probe to Pluto. It took nine years to get to Pluto. 
Really? Right. Is it before or after they took it away as a planet? It was before. They took <laughs> it away later that year. Dang. I remember that because that was a big talk in college. I bet NASA would have scrapped it then. <laughs> oh, my God. Italy won the Men's World Cup. Two separate coup d'etats took place. One in Thailand and one in Fiji. Isn't Kofi Pete Kingston from one of those places? Yeah, probably. It was in Kofi, Thailand. Kofi, Bangkok. Kofi... Kofi should come out dressed as Sagat. That'd be ballin'. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> That's Batista down. should come out dressed as Sagat. Batista's too big <laughs> to come out dressed as Sagat. Sagat Batista, is huge. Batista should come out dressed as Zangi. I say Batista is massive. Yeah, but he's not tall and slim. Randy Orton could pull off a Lars board. Sullivan should come out as Zangief. Lars Sullivan should come out as Blanca. <laughs> Lars Sullivan should come out as a Nazi because that's probably what he is. Oh, I, I know he apologized. Fair, fair enough. Oh, Saddam went... Hussein was executed. Oh, okay. Wait, I got I got kind of that sounded too nice. Someone got executed. Was it on YouTube? Um, yeah, I think it was actually. Nice. Again. The Da Vinci Code came out as a movie, and so did Talladega Nights. Talladega Nights, the ballad of Ricky Bobby. One of the worst teams ever, the Charlotte Bobcats in the NBA, went to 26-56. And, and since they're in Charlotte tonight, that's about as well as the pay-per-view is going to go. And the last and favorite thing I wrote here for things that happened in 2006, Bye. Cam's favorite movie came out this year. What movie is that? What's your favorite movie? X-Men The Last Stand. You can fuck all the way <laughs> off to Siberia and come back. That is so not You hate that movie so much? <laughs> not as much as I hate X-Men Origins Wolverine, but God, that movie was so fucking dumb. Yeah, but that, that didn't come out in 2006, so I couldn't put it on here. True, but oh my God. Oh my... Oh, how to... Oh! And they just ruined it again with Dark Phoenix this year. Oh my God. That's all right. Uh, um, What's it called? Uh, Disney bought... 21st Century Fox, meaning that the X-Men are now going to be back in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So there's going to be a movie, I guarantee it, with 30. You have to pay all these people. There's going to be like 30 people in there. You know, like Tony Stark, you know, you know got millions, you, 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 you know they're millions. Re, you, know, you know they're going to recast all that stuff, but we we can't. I, I can't afford to get, dig deep into that. We, this podcast will never get done. Okay, you're right about but that. I have, but I have theories. Well, the top storyline tonight, everyone, Vengeance 2006. So we got RV Dizzle and Edge. They're going to be doing some shit. There's uh, some DX shit going down. There's some Cena and Sabu shit. Anyway, let's get into it. First match, Val Venus versus Rob Conway. It was a dark match, and I did not actually look at the reviews for this because there weren't any. I hate 2006. <laughs> Mr. Ron Carver, oh, just look at me. That's going to be a recurring theme. Yeah, look at me. Take a drink every time Jay says, I hate the year 2006. Well, I'll start off right now. Get your drinks ready. We didn't do this on the, on the last podcast, damn it, with Survivor Series 2008. Well, we didn't hate that podcast. We didn't hate that. We didn't hate that pay-per-view as much as we kind of hate this one. Well, I mean the whole drinking thing. We should have incorporate that a lot more well we'll we'll see because guys i'm only tipsy now but by the end of this i guarantee you i'll be drunk i guarantee he will be drunk i'm gonna make sure he drinks first on the main card we have kurt angle 
wrestling machine Kurt Angle versus Randy Orton. The legend killer Randy Orton. You think you're going to kill Kurt's legend? The only thing that's going to kill Kurt's legend is if you cut off his prescriptions. <laughs> hey, there's going to be a lot of prescriptions going on here today. In fact, let's start a prescription painkiller addiction counter right now with two. First yeah. two up. Yep. Randy was addicted to painkillers. I'm going to get into that later. Do you remember how this whole thing started, by the way, with Kurt and Randy? Um, I know that Kurt got drafted to ECW because that's a brand again. Well, here's the thing, guys. Cam watches the pay-per-views and just remembers what he remembers. I do all the research because I don't remember anything. So, what happened here was Kurt was doing his wrestling machine gimmick where yes. he came in the ring and killed people. It was awesome and I miss it. That was so good. So, Randy decided to get suspended for unprofessional conduct in April 2006. And what did he do? Probably shit in a bag. Oh, nah, not this one. He didn't get punished for that. Okay. He just smoked a joint at a taping. So he was backstage smoking a joint in the arena, and Bruce Pritchard found him and told him. And so, and Randy did admit to it in a September 2006 WWE Magazine interview, and he admitted that it happened. But, I mean, that's not as unprofessional as going AWOL when you're a Marine. It's close. And the fact that they drafted, they wanted to draft him as the Marine in the movie. <laughs> We're getting that later too. <laughs> so much, so much to get into with this pay per view. Oh my god! So to write off Randy from the storylines, Kurt had to he, uh, did a, an injury angle where he broke his ankle or some shit. Yeah. And then Kurt issued an open challenge for one night stand. After Randy's sixty day suspension, he came and answered it which he promptly lost the angle in that match. So this is the rematch. And because of that, I knew who was winning before this match even happened. I'll give you a hint. It's not Kurt. So Randy comes out first with his old song called This Is Not Voices. I don't, I don't know who did this song. Uh, all I know is, <laughs> Hey, nothing you can say. Go to shower. I am Randy Orton. No one punishes me unless I give them a reason. It's very ironic that my entrance has a golden shower in it because I might whip out my dick. That's right. Golden shower promos. But hey, Lisa's dick in his shorts. He's not asking anybody to shake his hand. I'd be more impressed if his dick was in a box. Do you remember Kurt Angle's theme for this time period in his life? I think I do. Good way. It's us. the Kurt. It's the Kurt Angle thing. So it uh, starts out. What's funny is they actually chop it up halfway through as well. So instead of going like da da da, it goes da 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 And so it's just it's like someone tried to it's like someone tried to do a death metal cover of his. Well, they're trying to make sure that the crowd didn't say you suck. And I, I get that, but still, it was horrible, and I did not understand, like, also, why. Also, I noticed in Kurt Angle's uh, outfit, he's got the red, white, and blue, but it's also accented by, like, lots of black. I so love this is, it. So this is Darkest Timeline, Kurt Angle. I, I love it, personally. And by the way, Kurt Angle's theme song for his time frame represents the U.S. men's soccer team. Because it's patriotic, but it's mediocre and fails to impress. And I love what Kurt is wearing. It's great as far as patriotic American style themed like gear goes. Yeah. It's probably one of the best I've ever seen. 
So they start off with some mat wrestling. And Angle, you know, shows up Randy. It's actually pretty good stuff. I like how Randy gets to the ropes really, really fast. Like, he has it. There's no, like, back and forth. The minute he, you know, Kurt gets him in, like, a hammerlock mm-hmm. or something, Randy immediately gets to the ropes. I like that. Because he knows if he get, cause he knows if he doesn't get to the ropes, Kurt's about to clown on his ass. And then at some point, <laughs> now clearly this isn't going to happen. Randy is on the apron, and Kurt Angle gets behind him and tries to German him off the apron, and Randy holds on to the top rope. We all knew it wasn't going to happen, but I still liked it. I liked how Randy looked, oh shit, like my life is about to end. Because if Kurt ever hit that move on someone, he will suplex them and kill that man. That is true. But we did get a German suplex for when both men were on the outside. Uh, Kurt just German suplexed him and Randy took, you know, a floor bump. And then mm-hmm. Randy gets back in the ring, thumb to the eyes, and then a drop kick. Randy starts to take over. Also, they showed the replay for Randy's drop kick. But not for the German suplex on the outside. Because, Come on. Because um, this is still WWE versus ECW. So if you're an ECW guy, you still get no love. Yeah, that is absolutely true. And that's definitely shown here tonight. ECW is going to get no love at all. So Randy does some boring offense. And you can tell he's more confident than 2004. But he has not. he's not exactly sure of his moveset yet. You know, he's not full, he's definitely not Viper yet, right now. He's still just Legend Killer, and the the, the talking's there, but the, the confidence in the ring really isn't. It's like he doesn't really know what he is yet. He's still trying to wash that evolution stink off of him. Because, oh, that, man. That was true. He, That's definitely right. Because when he got dropped from evolution and, uh, after SummerSlam in 2004, man, that was a hard to climb back oh yeah because he went face you know how hard it is to come up with a face move set they tried so hard to make him face and it just was not happening well it's hard for anybody to be face face is one of the hardest things to do especially when you're going against uh reign of terror triple h right unless you're sting for some reason sting you know he got that shit down for like 20 years he he just knew what to do it didn't help him at wrestlemania 31 now did it oh well no it didn't help him when he faced seth rollins either you know, so, what, you know what? Could've, you know what could have helped him face himself, Rollins? A fucking helmet, <laughs> <laughs> or a stretcher, <laughs> or you know, a DQ finish, so he could have lived to fight another day. All right, so there's some rest holds after this. Jr. says, "I'm not kidding." Jr. Who's off his game tonight? I got plenty of things Jr. said that I just, I was confused by. JR says a rear chin lock is more painful than it looks, even with Randy's, and I quote, Randy's elementary application. Way to put him over, JR. <laughs> elementary application? Is he, really? applying, is he applying for second grade? It, I mean, I guess. Or he's Watson. I don't know. But nice. Seriously, that chin lock lasts forever. And then JR calls it elementary a second time. Just in case you didn't think Randy didn't know what he was doing. And so, Randy goes to the top rope, and then Kurt jumps up and do his belly-to-belly. But Randy slips a little bit. It doesn't jump immediately, and they almost botch it, but it turns out to be okay. Yay. Kurt does some suplexes, but Randy counters. Two count, and then, uh, Kurt goes suplex city. For how many Germans in a row? I'm going to say about four. Eight. Jesus Christ! Right, so he's the first suplex, or... I guess one of the first Suplex Cities. One of the, one of the first mayors. Of, he's one of the founding fathers of Suplex City. It's funny. You can do eight Germans in a row if you follow it up 
and and you uh, if you layer it with really good wrestling. So when Brock Lesnar does it, and that's all he does, not as good. When you get this fucking milky deliciousness, Kurt is putting in the ring. Eight Germans in a row aren't as bad. I remember one time Kurt did like uh ten German suplexes in a row. He did it to JBL. On oh, SmackDown. Ain't no way JBL's fat ass got up he, there. Oh my god. <laughs> really? it, it was a last man standing match. Really? Yes, it happened on SmackDown. It was a last man standing match and Kurt gave him like 8, 9, 10 German suplexes in a row. JBL tried to stand up. He just fell over. Like, that was great. I bet. I bet he had to wait three minutes in between two for that cool down before JBL could stand up again. Some of that was just Kurt being like, fuck it, you, you are taking German suplexes tonight. Oh man, that must have been back in like 2005, no, before two, his back got fucked. I think it was 2004. Oh, well, anyway. So Orton exposes the top turnbuckle. JR calls the angle slam, which is Kurt's finishing move. JR calls it a suplex. Just says, ah, oh, hit him with that suplex right there. That is not a suplex. You cl- it, he cle- right. Kurt Angle <laughs> clearly had to hit L1 to get that. That's why he was doing German suplexes. He had to build that right. charge. And then he hit L1 again and does an ankle lock. And Randy acts like he can't grab the bottom rope, even though, and boy, I'm not kidding, his arm is literally probably four inches away from it. It's just, all I gotta do is reach, and he just sits there for, like, probably 30 seconds. Well, maybe, well, maybe he's negotiating with that little counter thing, because, you know, on SmackDown, you had to stop the ball in the right spot to reverse it, the counter or a suplex or a submission. I, yeah, but you don't have to press it to move, do you? Sometimes. They, you know, they try to make these games more interactive, and they just ruin them. Okay, that's a good point, I guess. Mm-hmm. So uh, the ring's exposed. Angle locks back on. Uh, Randy, oh, so Randy does a counter. Kurt's head hits the exposed ring turnbuckle. Mm-hmm. RKO. Randy wins. Not a bad starter. I like the match. It was okay. It was quick, and it got Randy over a little bit, I guess. Yeah, we're we're about we're about a year we're about a year away from Randy Orton turning up the evil and starting that. Uh, Age of Orton run, which I actually kind of like, but you know, best Randy, but you know, best Randy is fucking oh, uh, shade head, Randy. Shed, uh, shade head, um, IED dis- Randy, IED Randy, the one where he kicks, where the one where he kicks all the McMahons in the head, and he's like, "You're starting to upset me." Right? Yeah, I love explosive Randy. I, I, I mean, that's probably peak. It's a year after his daughter was born, so he was still a dick, but not like a full on dick. Mm-hmm. So, I like the match, and uh, I like to introduce the Randy Orton move counter. How many actual wrestling moves do you think Randy Orton did in this match? I think Randy Orton did a grand total of seven moves. That is really optimistic. Let's go with four, and I counted one of them just to, because I was nice. Wow. I counted the drop kick as one. All right, so are you telling me that Randy Orton only did four wrestling moves in this yes, entire match? Yes, and the rest were strikes. So I did not count clotheslines. So at this point, we need to get some TMs so we can teach Randy new moves because he is clearly a Pokemon. <laughs> yes, clearly he used all four. He used a chin lock, I mean, a drop kick, a backbreaker, and an RKO. How many PPs do you think he's got for the uh, drop kick? Oh man, he got like fifty, <laughs> sixty. This is back when. Remember when like new people always use a standing drop kick because they're like twenty four and they can do that. Yeah. And then you realize you don't want to take that kind of pump. <laughs> and then you realize, oh, snap, am I doing a movie that, that Hardcore Holly can use? Right. I might want to switch it up a bit. 
You can always tell when the new guys start calling their own shots because they're a whole bunch of body slams and drop kicks. <laughs> at least Paul London had the audacity to do a drop salt. So after this, oh man, drop salt? I forgot about that. I've only seen Paul London maybe do that. I don't, I don't know who I mean, it's it. in a video game. I gave it to Jeff Hardy because I was messing around with the creative player, but still. Jeff Hardy is too high to be doing a drop. Well, never mind. Exactly. No, Hardy, yeah. <laughs> so here's, I hate to talk about this kind of thing. This is right before uh, Kurt left. So yes. after this pay-per-view, Kurt faced RVD for the ECW title and loses somehow. Then he randomly appears on ECW for uh, the months of July and August, with his last match being August 8th. Now, there are quote-unquote conflicting reports to why he was released. Um, a lot of people say it was painkillers. Kurt, at first, said that he had some nagging injuries and stated he couldn't fulfill a full-time schedule. Now, later on... He said that, oh, well, I had this addiction. I wanted to clean myself up. And Vince didn't know about it. But eventually, he came you know, full circle. And on the Talk is Jericho podcast, Kurt said that he did talk to Vince about his addiction. And Jericho uh, stated that Vince did know. And you know that's where that famous line, we can't let an Olympic hero die on our watch, come yes. in. And Jericho did confirm that that happened. And uh, so Kurt announced that he was signed to his TNA contract in September mm-hmm. of that year. So theoretically, as about three, and then his first match is in November. So it's about three months between these nagging injuries, which he claimed he had another broken neck, and then his first match. All leading to, it was definitely the addiction why he was let go. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, Cam, you, you and I know somebody who overdosed from an opioid, um, or yeah, overdosed from opioids and heroin and stuff. It's not, it's not a game. So I, you know, we don't really take that thing very lightly. So, yeah. So even though we call, even though we're saying the addiction counter, we're really through comedy. We're trying to show you that this is something that a lot of pro wrestlers and regular people deal with together. You know. Yeah, and I'm still kind of mad that the Fed should didn't just make him go to rehab. Well, I mean, you can't force somebody to. You know, if they say no, what are you going to do? I mean, you can't say, or you can't force them to go. And that's why the ultimatum was given. You know, same thing with Carlito. Mm-hmm. Hey, go do this thing. Or we're, or we're gonna fire or let you go. Mm-hmm. Um, Kurt Angle at one point in an interview with the Dan Lebetard show, uh, he's talking to Dan Lebetard and he admits to taking 65 extra strength Vicodin a day on top of drinking and taking Xanax. Who is this? That's what Kurt Angle said. Jesus, Kurt. Now, I hope that's an exaggeration because I've taken one Vicodin before and I gotta tell you, it messes you up. 60 will kill you. I, I guarantee you, if you take 60, in a day, you will die. Especially if you're taking Xanax on top of it. You will die. I'm pretty sure Dr. House didn't take that many fucking Vicodin in a day. Jesus yes, Christ. fictional people don't take that many. Jesus Christ, Kurt. Brett Favre made a taking 13 at one time, but I don't know if we ever got to 16 a day. Plus, uh, Kurt also got four DUIs in like five years. So Kurt was in a bad way. Kurt is in yeah. a bad way right now. But he's clean now. And apparently he made it through that time at TNA when he was still doing it. So, at some point, we're really going to have to take a look at TNA because, oh my fucking God, just between the amazing wrestling in the ring and all the backstage bullshit, oh my God. You already know we're doing Victory Road 2011. That is happening. But is it But is it happening tomorrow? Oh, yeah. I no. have work to do. No, not at all. Yeah, no. Oh, no, this was a chore, guys. 
I spent literally the entire debt. You know, I'll go over that later. I got a whole thing on this. As for Tarandy Orton, as Tay Long once called him. The, or I, th- I thought he always called him The Randy Orton. <laughs> the Randy Orton, like the Brian Kendrick. So Randy would go on to lose in a legend killer versus legend match against part-time racist and full-time dick Hulk Hogan. And Cam, now we're going to play a new segment in a new game. It's called The Orton Privilege. Okay. Let's go over all the things Randy Orton has done in his WWE career that's naughty. Starting in April 2006, where he was suspended 60 days of smoking weed and still comes back with a sort of push. Okay. Sometime in 2005, Rochelle Lowen, Lo- I don't know how you say her last name. And actually, I have no recollection of her, but apparently she was on SmackDown for a few months. Must have um, been a diva search girl or She something. wasn't. Yeah, she was, was she a model actual... hired by the company because oh. she was trying to do something to Eric Bischoff to get a job, and she was eventually sent to SmackDown where she had a match, I know, with Amy Weber and crap. I can't remember. I should have wrote it down, but I honestly I wasn't paying attention. Nor did I care that much. Okay. Anyway, she's only important here because Randy Orton vandalized her bag with not feces, but tanning lotion and baby oil. Now, feces was the rumor, but she said herself that there was never shit in her bag, but she didn't put past Randy to do that sort of thing to somebody else. Well, we all well we all know he clearly took the tanning lotion in the baby oil and pissed in it. Right, and so the punishment here was what, Cam? Um, slap on the wrist. Nothing, right. So, August 2006, his first 30-day suspension for taking steroids that were not prescribed by a doctor. And at this time, they did not publicize the violations. Mm-hmm. But still, as his first strike. May 2007, Randy was sent home from a European tour for trashing his motel room, or I'm sorry, hotel room, to a small cost of $50,000. Jesus. WWE issued a statement saying they would punish him for unprofessional conduct, but no suspension. He was just fined for the amount of damages. Yeah, that's a slap on the wrist. Right. Two thousand. Oh, sorry. September two thousand seven. Okay. Caught in a signature pharmacy scandal, along with. Are you ready for this list of names? Um. Yes. And I want you to do every name I read here. You're gonna tell me if he's one of your boys. Okay. Booker T. Well, I guess he can't be because he's a world champion. But we like him. Charlie Haas. Not a boy. Yeah, not a boy. Chavo Guerrero. Not a boy. He's one of my boys. I love Chavo. He's not one of my boys. Chris Masters. Not one of my boys. Well, this guy isn't a boy, but Edge. He's kind of one of my boys. (laughs) And it didn't work, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Way to be a little too edgy, Edge. He's the only person I know that could take that much steroids and nothing happened. (laughs) Well, Well, if you paid attention, his theme song tells you what happens. When he takes him many steroids on this day, I, I see clearly. clearly. I'm really, <laughs> really mad. I'm gonna <laughs> fuck Lita on live TV. Back knee. Uh, Funaki. He is a boy. He's a boy. I oh, mean, we love Funaki because he is SmackDown number one announcer. Gregory Helms. Come He's on. such a boy. <laughs> <laughs> He's. It, notice we didn't say the hurricane. It was Gregory. Helms. Beanie Gregory Helms. Yeah. I still wore a beanie hat. 
Oh man, what what Gregory Helms is who that you know that kid in high school that's not exactly a loner, but he just does his own thing. But it's he's never the, cool. he's he's the loner in the group of right. other loners. Like he's not a loser. He's just he just does his own thing. And he's just like mediocre. And there's like be like one or two girls that like him because like, oh he's got facial hair. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he discovers a drug connection before everybody else does, but he never gets too far deep in it. Like it's like, it, I'm, it's like, I think he smokes, but I'm not sure. Right, right. But you don't talk to him anyway because he has nothing to offer. Anyway, so that's Gregory Helms. John Morrison. Oh, he's a boy. Mr. Kennedy. I hate to admit it, but it, at one time in 2005 and six, he was a boy. Never for me. I hate his back tattoo. I mean, I don't like him now, but when he first showed up, I was like, hey, I hope you get your ass kicked by the... <laughs> you got your ass kicked by the Undertaker. That's right. Umaga. He is a boy. I love Umaga. He's so good. And my third favorite wrestler, William Regal. Regal! I know. So underrated. So they all got the wellness violations, um, except for Randy Orton, who <laughs> did not get suspended. Because he played his Randy Orton card, the only one who has Well, WWE says that because of his first suspension, Mm -hmm. that is double jeopardy. Even (laughs) though it was a year later, and definitely not the same thing. So, Randy Orton is now Ashley Judd. Well, the funny thing is, all those people I just named, it's not that they failed uh, a wellness policy violation. It's just that their names was on the list of this congressional investigation. Oh, okay. Now, WWE claims that Randy Orton's name was not on that list. But Dr. David Black, who does a who administers a WWE testing, Sports Illustrated, and Brian Cohen, senior investigator for a US congressional investigation into this, and a policy advisor for the United States Congress, all said Orton was on the list. You decide he was telling the truth. I'm pretty sure it's all those official people that work with the government. Yeah. So I mean it, it, Anyway, oh, we're not even done yet. 2011, in an interview with Arizona's 98KUPD, which is a radio station, Orton stated that Kelly Kelly has slept with multiple people backstage and, you know, and and kept playing it up. Even Mm -hmm. though those radio guys were leading him on, he shouldn't have said that. Mm -hmm. And he knows he shouldn't have because he later tweeted an apology to her. And they're okay now. They, They, they're, you know, water under the bridge. It's like, Randy, we told you about telling the truth in public. <laughs> well, I mean, and this is what he said. He said she'd been there like five years, and he's known like ten guys. So that's like two guys a year, which really isn't that bad. But she's still a slut. Not my words, his words. So, It would have been, 2000- been nice to be on the list, because as much as she's like terrible, it's Kelly Kelly. I mean, it's Kelly Kelly. She's a nice person. We yes. love Barbie. 2012. Former Court Bauer, or former writer, Court Bauer told that story that came out, you know, last year, where for new writers, Randy would pull out his dick, touch it, and then tell the writers to shake his hand. And here's a quote from Court Bauer. For every new writer that would show up, Orton would come in the room, put his hands down his pants, pull out his dick, touch himself, then say, I'm Randy Orton, shake my hand. Oh, you don't want to shake my hand? You're big leaguing me? That's, it says expletive, but I'm going to assume he said fucked. That's fucked up, man. Should I tell Vince and Steph you won't shake Randy Orton's hand? I believe him. And then Court said one time when he first got there, Stephanie walked in right after he did that. So he put his, you know, he zipped his pants right up. 
Also, no punishment, but they gave Randy a stern talking to after he found out, you know, I guess last year. That stern talking to was, hey, Randy, we just looked at your dick. You might have melanoma. You might want to check that out. Yeah, I bet Triple H gave a stern talking to us like, hey, you want to do a circle jerk like we used to do in Evolution? Evolution is a mystery. Also, May 2012, Randy Orton suspended for 60 days for a wellness violation. I'm not exactly sure for what, but don't worry, guys. The next year, he'd win money in the bank and eventually a WWE title. Meaning that after two wellness suspensions, he did get the WWE title either the next month, which is the first time, or in a year, which is the second time. Guys, this list is still going on. Oh, let's not forget how he went AWOL twice with the U.S. Marines, served 38 days in a military prison, and then the WWE thought he'd be a good choice for the Marine series. Because, you know, he is the only choice for even going so far to bring him on set to start the shooting and then his actual marine friends from when he i guess when they served together found out and that's when they pulled them and had to rewrite everything and then they hastily put in the miz now we went over all of those things that randy did with very well sometimes he got punished and sometimes he didn't now i want you all to keep in mind that tyus o'neill got suspended 60 days for touching vince's arm and joking with him just keep that in mind I yeah, bet you, I bet you Titus knows all of this. Yeah. So RVD gets arrested for weed, never gets a main event pushback. You know, I'm just saying, keep in mind of all of these things. Michael P.S. Hayes gets Rosa Mendez to start drinking again. You know? Oh, yeah, well, you know, no big deal. Just gets sent home from a tour. You, you know, just keep all these things in mind. So, moving on. Oh, and that segment was called The Orton Privilege. It can't happen to you because you're not Randy Orton. <laughs> well, I mean, it could happen to you, you know, if you turn white. I mean, that's true. Randy Orton is white and male. However, I can't say, I mean, hell, Ryback's gone now, so. Anyway, backstage segment with Vince. Did you remember seeing this? Uh, I remember watching, I remember some of it, but let's go over it. So apparently... Vince really hates DEX, which we all know. And they dropped some green liquid on the Spirit Squad or something. So a child in a wheelchair appears in front of Vince. And Vince immediately starts bullying the kid. The child gets scared. He's wearing a DX t-shirt. Vince mentions gay dancers and corporate genitalia. Mm -hmm. And Vince says to the child, since since DX is taking a ride on him, that Vince is going to, and I quote, take you for a ride, little boy. Opens a door oh my. and presumably pushes this child down a flight of stairs because they, they play like a crash. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember child abuse ever being a part of WWE. And I'm not counting Horjwoggle because he was an adult. But seriously. But seriously. <laughs> Attitude error is gone, never coming back, lol. What was it? What does that have to do with us? It doesn't. It's just, wow. It's like. They, they, I don't think they ever did that in Attitude Era, but right. here they are in a PG Era, and Vince is throwing kids down flights of stairs. Exactly. So I'm just saying, you know, lol, Attitude Era is dead, and they ain't never coming back. Uh, well, you know, I guess you gotta bring Attitude Era back by assaulting children? Yes, absolutely. So anyway, a coach comes in and tells Vince that a family friend who loves him very much wants his autograph, mentions it's a child in a wheelchair. And then Vince's like, oh yeah, well, I see him, I'll do that. And then Coach says thanks and leaves. 
Vince wrote this segment. We all know he did. Vince thought this would be funny. He thought it'd be funny to push a handicapped boy down a flight of stairs. Because Vince is still a five-year-old boy. Fuck you, Vince. Fuck you. This was tasteless. And it wasn't even... Obviously, we know that the kid really didn't get pushed down or or anything. We we all know that. But But, but still. But the fact that you put that on pay-per-view. Yeah. Like, I just don't... Why? Because it's Vince McMahon. And, you know, whatever he thinks is funny is what we have to roll with. I mean, seriously, the three least funny people in the entire company, and I am not kidding, Vince McMahon, Mm -hmm. Shawn Michaels, Triple H. They are not funny. And yet, they are going to get so much screen time in two thousand in two thousand six to prove that they are funny. Oh man! In fact, oh, I take that back. Road Dog is also not funny. He's less funny than all three of those people. So, well, I'll know. wait. I'll wait till we. I'll wait till we get to it. But I do have something to say about the DX thing. Next matchup: Umaga versus Eugene. Cam, give us your opinion about Umaga. I love Umaga. Come out there, beat beat the shit out of people. Don't wear shoes so you're always comfortable. <laughs> Until you step on something and you realize you probably should wear shoes. <laughs> yeah. Or you'd be a Rusev and twist your ankle and start wearing shoes. Yeah, you, you, you know, do what you gotta do. Give us your opinion on Eugene. I hate this fucking character. Fuck you, Vince McMahon, for making it up. Uh, yeah, I hate Eugene, too. I mean, we're being fair here. No offense to anybody who's mentally challenged or yes, I don't even know if that's appropriate work, to say because I work because I work with I work with special ed children, but this character was tasteless. Right, and I hope that didn't offend anybody with mentally challenged. I just don't know what the correct term is. Anyway, I, I'm as fine. As, it's pretty. Well, so you can pretty much say um, you can pretty much say that as long as you don't fucking say retarded. Well, I'm fine with the character being mentally challenged. But like yeah. you said, I don't like that it was booked. Mm-hmm. I don't like what they did with him. I don't like how he had Kurt Angle kill him once. Oh, my God. And I don't like how he had Triple H kill him once. Oh, my God. <laughs> and they tried to put it over like Eugene was going to beat up Triple H. You think Eugene... Seriously, they thought Eugene was going to beat up 2004 Evolution Triple H. Right. Like, you really think Triple H is going to be like, Oh, yeah, totally, man. Let's eat some hummus. No, let this happen. Yeah, I'm gonna let, yeah, I'll let him get over. Like he get he can get about say he can get over to Matt when I drop his ass with a pedigree. Can you tell we listen to Attitude Era podcast because I keep bringing up hummus yes. and using the exact same voice that they used? Because that's Triple H. That's Triple H's voice, man. Or uh, this is Triple H's voice. Uh, I'm gonna eat some uh, hummus. Uh, yeah. All about the game and how you play it. You think I get tang for your shit? I'm too busy in the back eating hummus with Stephanie. When did you go from high voice Triple H to like really raspy voice Triple H? I think it was about uh I think it was about two thousand nine well not two thousand nine but nineteen ninety nine when he really decided I should be world champion. Okay, I get what you're saying. Oh, also the reason that's why also we're not, the, that's also the time he ate a Mario Magic Mushroom and got big. The reason why we're not talking about this match that much is because nothing really happens. Oh, hey, Cam. Yeah. Do you remember Armando Alejandro Estrada? Yep. His name is over really with the crowd. When he says his name, everyone says it with him, which is probably the biggest response this match got. You know you know his biggest problem was? What's that? He took his shirt off and Vince saw that he had a figure, so he's like, oh, you're going to wrestle now. Oh, they knew he had a figure. He was an OBW. 
Let me tell you a little bit about our boy Armando Estrada. Let me school you, Besides son. Besides the fact he's fucking ripped. Oh, before we do, though, what does Umaga stand for? You know what it means? Penis. In Samoan? Penis. I mean, well, yeah, if you're Randy Orton. But it means the end, which is the process, or during the, it's the final tattooing process that you do in Samoan Heritage. Mm-hmm. And it's the last part of it, which apparently is the most painful. It's like, it hurts really, really bad. Oh. And that's called the Umaga. Oh. Yeah, I know, right? Stuff you learn. So, some quick information about Mr. Estrada. His birth name is Hazim Ali. And I always thought he was of Hispanic descent. But I'm not sure. Because when I tried to look him up, I couldn't find very much about what he actually was. But guess what his first gimmick in OVW was? Um, I'm going to say white man. A Middle Eastern bodyguard named Osama for... Maybe boy, Masamet Hassan, Muhammad Hassan. <laughs> what? Yeah. And then Hassan and Davari got called up to the main roster, and he got stuck down in OVW. And then Paul Heyman got there. And the next thing you know, he's half Cuban and half Palestinian. So I don't know if that's his actual heritage or not. But then when he got called up to manage Umaga... WWE said that his ancestry was Cuban with ties to Fidel Castro. So, it's topical humor again. I just don't know if he is half Cuban or not. I tried to find, I read like three interviews of his, and his ancestry was never brought up. So, I gave up because, I mean, what can you do? And it's WWE. They probably just made it up for like one week and didn't think it through. Oh, also, Umaka's defeated right now. Uh, Defeated. Umaka is undefeated right now. So, guess who wins? Uh, Eugene by DQ. So Eugene is a good wrestler, but he also comes out with Hacksaw, Jim Duggan, Doink, and Kamala. And what the funny part here is both Eugene and Matt Osborne are better wrestlers than Umaga. Two racist things here. JR says Eugene can finally find someone he can relate to in Kamala. Wow, didn't catch that, but damn. Followed by, directly followed by King saying that Umaga can relate to Kamala. Why? Because they're not wearing shoes? Well, JR's correlation was because of being mentally challenged. King's correlation was because of unintelligible savagery. Great start to the match. 90 seconds later, Umaga wins with a Samoan spike. Don't need to watch this at all. I can't believe... Wow. Really? So, so far we had a really good raw quality match and won a horrible raw quality segment. I hate 2006. Up oh, drink. But honestly, this is what this this is what to be expected on Raw in 2006. Ah, oh, this pay-per-view is such a chore. Oh, you think this is a chore? We haven't even watched a SmackDown pay-per-view from 2006. Oh, I can't wait. Uh, wait till, yeah, wait till we get to the No Mercies and the, um, the No Mercies and the uh, Armageddon. I am changing the name of this podcast from Axis Podcast to Wrestling is Terrible. That's that's what we're gonna name this thing because we because we haven't watched any good we haven't watched any good wrestling pay-per-views. Well, we, everybody watches the good ones. That's true. I mean, for every. For everyone that goes on about, oh man, X7 or WrestleMania X7 was like the greatest pay-per-view ever. There's like 12 pay-per-views that you need to be talking about because they're so fucking <laughs> shitty. Wait till I make you watch Wrestling Society X. Well, 
Well, that'll be a test of friendship right there. <laughs> Backstage segment. Todd Grisham interviewing Mick Foley, who at this time I wrote down, wait, is he healed? He actually is healed right now. Yeah. I'm going to tell you how that got confusing for me. How? So, well, I'll get to that here in a second. He yep. reads from Ric Flair's book and how he takes offense to Rick calling Mick a glorified stuntman. And now, in Mick's book, Have a Nice Day, he said Rick was bad at booking. So Mick and Rick had some real-life frick, including a confrontation at Raw in uh, 2004 where Rick told Mick that his wrestling ability was like Bruiser Barber Beefcake and Ultimate Warrior. Well, that's what he said in his book, at least, which is wrong. But there's several versions of their altercation, but both of them involve Mick hitting... Wait, both of them involve Rick punching Mick like a sucker punch, but somehow they worked it out. So Vince thought about all this. Hey, let's take another dump on Mick, because that's what I really like to do. So Mick versus Rick in a two out of three Frick match, and I said fuck to this. I figured you would just say Frick, like uh, Elliot to eat on Scrubs. Ah, man, dude, that's, I'm not going to lie, man. I, I spent about 20 minutes trying to write that paragraph. <laughs> it was horrible. I had nothing to say. Did it it make, didn't work. <laughs> did it make you sick? I don't know. It else rhymes. I I just, you know, man, you just see my notes are horrible. <laughs> Should they be locked up like Michael Vick? Oh, damn, that's good. That's way better than what I had. Did you think you were going to kill it like John Wick? They didn't even get there. Oh, wait. I can do this. Ric Flair Space Mountain Women Lick, maybe? Well, only if you substitute Space Mountain for a dick. Oh, but damn it. I'm about to say, yeah, both of them suck Vince's dick. I mean, I was getting there. I was going to save it, though. Yeah, but you're not Sonic Quick. All right. this I immediately regret starting that. I immediately regret starting that. Well, wait a tick. We got uh, some more shit to Did you say wait a tick? <laughs> Well, I wasn't. Right de- well, well, yeah. Well, I wasn't done with this stick. <laughs> I, I kind of am now. Yeah, we lost all our listeners. <laughs> this is what happens. It's when all, we, this is what happens when we try to use our wit. This is all my fault. <laughs> this is why I shouldn't be tasked with writing notes. Do you think you should quit? Oh, hey, hey, <laughs> hey! I'm really sick of this shit. Ah, see, I wasn't done yet. Yeah, but that was terrible, but take your pick. I don't know. Maybe I could be Shelton Benjamin's mama and have my purse filled with a brick. Or All maybe she'll, camp. Uh, or maybe or maybe she'll go to the k- kitchen and make some pancakes made out of Bisquick. Mmm, pancakes. Because Miss Buttersworth is thick. Yeah, it's the, okay, so things will go on forever. I'm sorry, listeners at home. So, okay, so there's some segments on Raw. Foley challenged Flair to a match, and then this became a two out of three falls match somehow. Side note, Ric Flair once said that he banged 10,000 women and master- while masturbating twice a day. Yeah, so I I mean, he just said no, that once. No, no, I mean, 10,000 is no. a lot, and um, well, I didn't watch it. Wait, what? Well, if he, well, if he banged 10,000 women, then... I walked 500 miles and then I just walked 5,000 more. I am almost sure that is a white, a song by a white guy. It is. Oh, okay. It's called The Proclaimers. 
Who the fuck are they? I don't know, but it was on How I Met Your Mother. And Channing is that a wrestling it. tag team? Huh? Is that a wrestling tag team? Well, they're two white guys, so they could be. Oh my god, that could have been a t- wrestling tag team. They're proclaimers. They just come out and sing hippie music. Well, I w- they come out and do an alliance, and I would have walked 500. And then Kane comes out and choke slams them. Nope, that's basically Jimmy Jacobs and Seth Rollins' team from... Shit, what company were they in when they did that? Smoky Mountain Wrestling. I don't know. Anyway. It was not Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Check this out. So, I didn't watch the Raws leading up to this because fuck that. And I immediately regretted this pay-per-view when the bell rang. Mick came out to a little bit of heat. Flair gets a huge pop. I hate 2006. And I hate you, Cam. Both these guys start out super slow. Do a little bit of chain wrestling. Cam, in the past, how would you rate Foley's technical ability? Like, not not this pay-per-view. Just overall. What year are we talking about? If it's, just throughout most of his career. If it's, a, if it's 10 years ago where he was wrestling Shawn Michaels at Mind Games, then it was like, wow, he has technique. It's 10 years later. Uh-uh. Right. And I got to give him credit. He has no cartilage in his hips. He's still out there giving it his all. This is called I Need the Money Run. Now, Ric Flair, who I think at this point, in 2006, I think Ric Flair was 97? So He was not 97. He was clearly just 91. Okay, whatever. Close enough. So, Foley's definitely heel, and I could tell, by the way, that he uh, goes to the crowd and pulls out a Ric Flair Socko, which I definitely laughed at. Does he call it Rico? Um, I, I don't know. I... Because the rock version of Mr. Sacco was called Mr. Rocco. But that rhymes with Sacco. So this Rick Flair sweet Kako. Oh my god, did we just get a premature viewing of Charlotte the... Flair? How did I miss that the first time? Holy shit, that How was many... that was pre that was pre surgery Charlotte Flair. Since you and I have been watching these pay per views together, wait, how many that's pre Charlotte not... This is Ashley right here. Yeah, this is Ashley. <laughs> this is Ashley right there. This is Ashley Fleer. How many pre uh, Charlotte Ashley shots have we seen together? Oh my, oh my god. god, that is that is so pre Charlotte. Wow, she looks That's... way better here than that time she was. Um, oh, remember that during... TLC match yeah, against Edge? Yeah. When was that? That's 2006, 2007. That, I think that. Let's see. When does let's see? Edge won. Let's see. Edge won. That was earlier this year. Wow, she lost weight since then. Remember, she was pudgy Charlotte then. Well, someone someone must have showed her on camera. She was like, oops, none of that shit. This must be after her second divorce. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know that? So, Charlotte and Ric Flair are already, like, 30-time champions, and they're already, like, eight-time divorcees. <laughs> they're trying to go for the record. They're trying to go for, the, to go for the, record. the record. They're going for the divorce court record. 12 more to go. 12 watch, more to go. Watch out, Andrade. Uh Okay, well, so well, we all know well, Charlotte may not get tired of Mexican food yet. Oh, uh, damn! So Flair, what, what, I, what? I hate when Flair actually does the axe handle off the top instead of getting thrown off. I hate when I'll say I kind of hate watching Ric Flair wrestle now. It's like he's oh my god! It's like Rick, you're kind of too old to be doing this now. Well, he's, and he won't retire for another two years. Well, he's so old that when he does that axe handle off the top rope. He tweaks his knees somehow, which is a poor attempt to add match psychology to this. Foley goes for a figure four, which Rick counters into a small package for a pin. Flare up one zero. Oh my god. You know, this match would have been so much better if, you know, they had just like 
one not done it or two just like pick someone to wrestle for them i'm pretty sure simon dean isn't doing anything right hey, now. hey who is your favorite over the age 50 wrestler you've seen compete my favorite yeah just as long as you saw them in a the match and they were over 50 let's see we can't count tco does not count we can't count taker yet well i mean he did compete in a match over 50 well I do remember Goldberg having that one good match a couple of good WrestleManias ago against Brock Lesnar, where you know it was just five minutes of them hitting L one. It was all right. I, I mean, I mean, what else can you expect? From... I remember Steamboat having a good match. Oh, Steamboat did have great matches with Jericho. Uh, because remember at WrestleMania twenty five, Jericho took on all the legends, and yeah. Steamboat like was like outshining everyone, and then they gave Steamboat a pay-per-view match against Jericho yes. one-on-one. Yeah. That was great. I remember that being good. I remember there was a murderer there, I think. Yeah. And was it Piper? Was it Piper the other one? Yeah, Piper, yeah, Piper was there. That murderer was there. But we've said enough about that murderer. All right, everybody. Paper. Don't murder. <laughs> don't murder your girlfriend. Just saying. Don't do not do that. We don't care if it is the 80s. Ugh, I was just back to this match. Fully. Is it said that that was acceptable in the 80s? Uh, murdering? Yeah, apparently it was. Foley takes another hideous bump. He takes that hideous stairs bump once they go to the outside. And now they're moving very fast on, on the second fall. And I, I'm really impressed. Um, I just can't believe that they're actually moving quickly. And so then Foley gets some weapons. He brings them into the ring. And then Flair puts on the figure four. And then Foley hits Flair with the trash can over the head. So Flair gets a second fall by DQ. And then Foley, or Flair wins 2-0. Thank God that this is over. Why was this a 2 out of 3 falls match? Let me why tell are you these why. Two, why are these two wrestling? Why was Ric Flair in ECW in 2006 wrestling the Big Show in hardcore matches and doing thumbtack thumb bumps? What the fuck is this company in 2006? I don't know if both of these people got something wrong with them. Because Foley attacks Flair after the match, then gets a barbed wire bat. And I know now, very clearly, Foley is the heel here. <laughs> Flair bladed, I'm sure, at some point. But Foley rubs that bat very, very shootly into Ric Flair's forehead. That was a shoot barbed wire and a shoot bat. And Ric Flair is now really shoot bleeding along with his blading. I figure, say, I figure this is Foley giving, Foley, Foley giving a Ric Flair a receipt from something that happened in the 90s. Well, anyway, so what's funny is the Ric Flair and Mick Foley had real life beef, which they say at this point they kind of gotten over a bit. But I don't really think so. Not by the way that McFoley rubbed that bat into his forehead. McFoley was having fun with you. Well, that's what happens though. Ric Flair sucker punched Mick. And then, you know, and one guy's ego gets in two. It's what happens when you got like a whole bunch of old legends ego tripping all over each other. Not that McFoley has a big ego because he doesn't. No. But, but Ric Flair does. Well... And I also kind of don't understand this because... Jesus. Is that enough blood, do you think? Like, look at all that blood Ric Flair is blooding right now. Is that enough? Well, he saw what happened to Eddie Guerrero two years ago. He's like, I gotta beat that record! I mean, it, Ashley is in the crowd right now. Well, we do know that one day if uh, Ashley ever decides to dye her hair red, we know she just bleed it. Yeah, that's true. But... We really didn't need this McFoley. He already hit. Is that Eddie Guerrero's mom? <laughs> but uh, but the we really, mullet woman in the yeah, crowd. <laughs> yes. 
we really didn't need this from Mick Foley. He already got the WrestleMania match he deserved when he fought Edge in that hardcore match. That was fucking great. That's what he should have rode off into the sunset with, but they kept well, it in. Well, here is how he rode off into the sunset. After this, they had a, uh, at SummerSlam, Flair beat Foley in an I Quit match after he threatens to kill Molina. Oh, yeah. Foley joins Vince's Kiss My Ass Club after Vince threatened to fire Molina. Then Molina turns on Foley. He gets fired anyway, and that's how he leaves the company. So Foley and Molina were shoot friends, and then they moved it to on screen after Foley mentioned her in his WWE.com columns and some promos. And what's interesting about all this is that Foley came up with that angle himself to refresh Vince's Kiss My Ass Club. Now, Micker, I love you, but fuck you for bringing that shit back. Right. I, I agree. I heard everything you said, but I was looking at Maria's cleavage. Oh, yeah, no, I'm going to get that here in a minute. After SummerSlam, Rick went on to face the Spirit Squad and even facing them later on. And I'll tell you what happens to that once we get to the Spirit Squad. And then he was written off TV for a while uh, towards the end of 2006 while he went through his divorce hearings for the 12th time, I think. He about to say, it's like a Randy Orton card. If he needs to play it, he can play it like a Monopoly. Hey, Cam, guess what I'm thinking right now? Maria's tits look pretty good right now. Nope, I hate you and I hate the year 2006. Take a drink. Dad, damn it. I'm not hating what I'm seeing right now, though. Oh, we're about to get all into this. Maria is smoking hot in this interview versus Carlita. Yes. She says something about a cool paradox. Like, oh man, only people who want to be cool aren't cool, and people who aren't trying to be cool are cool. Carlito gets baffled. I think he's face right now. I'm not exactly sure, but fans popped for him a little bit, so I think he is. Then a very ripped Tori Wilson comes out and asks Maria to rub baby oil on her for some reason for a photo shoot. Carlito then comments on the baby oil and uh, while, while rubbing off like, okay, Carlito comments on the baby oil rubbing. So they rip off like Cool in the Gang song or something? I'm not exactly sure what's happening there. Anyway, you can hear Car Carlito commenting on it. And for some reason, Tori starts rubbing the baby oil on Maria. She's not in the photo shoot. Why is this thing happening? Carlito's music hits, he gets mad, and runs to the ring because he has to leave. Cam, what the fuck is happening? I hate 2006. Why are they doing this to the women? Maria is not in the photo shoot. She wasn't in that pudding match next year either, but she's in it. I, I just don't. Why? Because Vince has to get off his rocks. Tori Wilson is on SmackDown. No, she got drafted to Raw. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't look at the updated roster list. I don't blame you for not looking it up. Huh. Yeah. Well, so that yeah. happens. That was a waste of a backstage segment. Except, they well, still look yeah. good, though. Oh, no, they look great. It just doesn't make sense. It's also, not Maria rubs the body oil on Tori's stomach where she can clearly reach it. It's not practical, is all I'm saying. This is, she's not in the photo shoot, Cam. Maria's not even in the photo shoot. None of this makes sense. Why is Tori rubbing uh, baby oil on Maria's ass? I, I don't know. 
Anyway, next up here is got be wearing a thong. It's Carlito versus Shelton Benjamin versus Johnny Nitro for an intercontinental title. Oh, snap. Actual talent. Oh yeah, no, it's great. So first Nitro comes out uh with Melina, presumably after he beat up Joy Mercury last month. Oh yeah. Can we talk about that for a second? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because uh, which McCall that was actually a surprise because one night we got drunk and we started watching No Mercy two thousand or Judgment Day two thousand six and that was actually a great segment. It was. I I actually enjoyed that. It was really good. It was just a good way to get Joey Mercury and Molina on Raw, and I'm okay with that. All right, back to this so, IC title match. Molina has the best entrance in the universe. Yeah, which Jomo came up with himself. Yeah. Molina also hasn't fixed her teeth yet. Yet. And then Carlito's already out there. Remember, he came out during that segment since his music hit. And then heel Shelton Benjamin comes out. Is this Shades wearing Shelton? Want to know how I know he's heel, Cam? Because he's Shades wearing Shelton. (laughs) And he stole one of The Rock's old shirts from like 99, as you are about to see. Anyway. Ain't no stopping me from stealing The Rock's gimmick from 97. Oh, if only he could talk like him. He'd be like a 16-time world champ. I know, right? So, this match still has no heat because no one really got a huge pop. Everybody looks, you know, just not that interested. Halfway through the match, that will change. I guarantee it. You know, I say, I say this car, this match has mid-card written on it so hard, and goddamn, that's Molina. So, the theme of this, not just match, but the whole show, is red, right? Because when Melina and Nitro come out, they bring out a red carpet. Yeah. And in the ring right now is a red carpet of Ric Flair's blood. So <laughs> Melina's boots are red. Her skirt is red. But her but her uh but her thong is black. So Carlito and Shelton start off with some uh, tetanus mat wrestling or syphilis mat wrestling, pitting Ric Flair's blood test results. You mean that you mean that HIV tet? Oh, I, I, we got a little bit more blood jokes to go. Just, just give it here a minute. Bring that up. <laughs> Bring okay. That up. So, Nitro is still a little green right now. Or red, because why, Cam? Because the theme of tonight is red. So, that's pretty cool. I mean, not the whole bleeding part, but anyway. So, Nitro's a little green, but he does this cool springboard over Carlito. Dodges a Shelton kick. And then Nitro goes on the offense. They hit the outside. Carlito's about to go for a springboard. Mm-hmm. Melina moves Nitro out of the way. And then he hits Carlito. And then Nitro and Shelton fight. And Carlito does a very nice double hop tope off the top rope. So what happens is he is um, there on the outside. Mm-hmm. Carlito's on the apron on one of the opposite sides. He jumps off that top rope, hops to the second top rope, and then... Jumps off and does a nice little tope. You're now seeing Shelton's rock shirt, right? Shelton Benjamin looks like he's cross he's cross, he's cosplaying as the rock on spring break in Miami. Shelton Benjamin with that shirt is exactly what I picture people in Jersey were wearing in 2002. Shelton Benjamin right now looks like he just unlocked the uh, additional outfit for the creative player. <laughs> yeah. SmackDown versus Raw. And he's just wearing it as his ring gear because it looks good. And, that, it cost, and it cost him an hour of his life to unlock that challenge. That is a No Mercy shirt right there. All right, back to the match. I am feeling no shades, though. And guess what? So, those shades, 
are red and yellow, and you know what that means. Theme of the pay-per-view. That is absolutely right. Red for Ric Flair's blood, yellow for... I don't, the I gold don't in the IC yellow. title. Oh, cool. Great. Or Shelton's hair in the future. Anyway. The gold So after standard. that very nice tope, um, it was very well done. Gets a huge pop from the crowd. Mm-hmm. And Nitro does a pretty sweet t- tilt-a-whirl into a leg sweep. Yeah, it was pretty great. Um, so good action going on. And I'm not going to go over all of it because there's just a lot of stuff that happens. But everybody looks fluid. Shelton picks up Nitro for a power bomb, but then does an alley-oop onto a turnbuckle for his snake eyes. But trust me, this isn't your ordinary alley-oop. He didn't just, like, toss him. Like, Nitro didn't gracefully fall on top of it. Shelton picked him up for the alley-oop, lifted him, and then pulled his thighs down so it was more like a spike. Mm-hmm. It was very unique. I watched this match just for that spot because I wish more people would do that kind of thing. It was just interesting and it was safe. It's just I haven't seen anybody do that before. There's a lot of good wrestling in this match. It makes me but I'll say it brought up but I'll say it brought up the level from the first three matches we had to watch on this fucking card. Oh, it did. Except for that except for that Kurt Angle match. Starts right. off a little slow, but it really does pick up and again, very fluid. Um so it's a couple near falls. Uh, shout a, out! Shout out to Shel, uh, shout out to Omicron because Shelton Benjamin just hit the BBD. That BB Dizzle, back body drop, near fall, some cool moves. Crowd is generally silent until the spot of the night. So, in 2006, is not common. Now it kind of is, but Nitro put Carlito on the top rope. Shelton shakes the ropes. Carlito falls into a tree of woe. Shelton jumps to that top rope because it's a fucking athletic freak. And then gets uh, Carlito ready for a superplex. But Nitro, who is still in the trio row, sits up. German suplex Shelton, who superplexes Carlito for a train wreck. It was fucking awesome and very well done. TNA, TNA. And the crowd popped loudly. Literally, everybody got on their feet when that happened. It was the loudest pop of the night was for that move. More than Cena, more than DX, more more than everybody. You mean more than DX? But they're the headliners. Even JR and King lose their shit on commentary. Plus, you get a holy shit crowd. So this is a 2019 sequence done in 2006. More moves, more moves. Carlito does a backstab around Shelton. Then Nitro pulls out Carlito and then covers Shelton. And now Nitro is your new Intercontinental Champion. Very, very, very good match. I encourage everybody to watch it. Indeed, that was great. See, the mid-card on Raw was pretty fucking good. The mid-card on SmackDown, we're not going to talk about it. Oh my god, SmackDown got raped. And then Jerry Ru- No, we can't say raped. That's not what rape is. <laughs> Excuse me. Don't believe it's not what rape is. Anyway, Sorry. Jerry ruins it by saying he loved to be a fly on the wall during Nitro and Molina's victory celebration at their hotel room. Fucking pervert. I mean, I get you wanting to see naked chicks, but... While they're fucking another man? And I'm not saying I wouldn't want to watch them have sex. That's not what I'm saying. But I wouldn't say that while doing commentary on a where live everyone, Where everyone can hear you be weird. Yeah. Uh, Lacey didn't talk about them being underage. Uh, that's true. And uh, sadly, I keep forgetting, I forgot to bring it back up the uh, the painkiller counter. 
And so far we are at one, two, three, four, five, six. We're at six. Who's on the list? We got Angle, Orton, Umaga, Foley, and Flair. And I don't know anything about Eugene, but we got Carlito. Okay. Okay. Backstage segment with the Spirit Squad. Uh, They're hyping themselves up. And then Vince comes in and berates them. Vince calls DX a social disease and the bird flu. I don't think Vince understands what disease is. Yes, he does. He Yes, he does. He probably has chlamydia. <laughs> probably. <laughs> or in gonorrhea. Vince looks at a cock pump that DX left them, and he takes it to the bathroom with him where a package explodes with what I thought was green semen. Probably was green semen. They probably jerked. They probably jerked off a Smurf. I hate you, Cam. Cause Smurfs are green. You can hate me all you. You can hate me all you want, but this is 2006. I hate 2006. I need to take a break, guys. And when we come back, we're gonna get into the last. God, how many? Four matches left. Jesus, one, two, three. Ugh. All right. When we come back, we're gonna get into the main event stuff. And yeah. And guess what, guys? Dolph Ziggler's here, still losing. We're, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. All right. We'll be back. 